the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Christ didn't simply heal a paralyzed man. He transformed him, both physically and spiritually. Those who are saved understand the very physical and spiritual relationship they have with Jesus Christ. If you know this, want this for someone else or for yourself, keep listening. The Transformative Power of Christ with Pastor John Allworth starts now. Good afternoon, Southeast Texas. It's a pleasure and an honor and a privilege to be with you again on a Monday afternoon. I'm Pastor John Allworth with New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. We're a church plant. We uh, started our church on March the 1st, 2020. Had to go online for a while, but we're back in our building. We're having live, in-person, 6 p.m. services at 240 West 18th Street in the downtown Heights. And, you know, we have had a wonderful two weeks celebrating um, what Jesus did for us on the cross and then what he did for us three days later when he gave us the hope and the promise of eternal life uh, by being resurrected. We had just a wonderful time at church uh, the last two Sundays. Uh, our associate pastor, Pastor Rick, preached about uh, the passion of Christ uh, last Sunday, and then I, I preached yesterday on Jesus rolling away the stones and uh, how he can roll away the stones in your life, no matter where you're at, no matter what those stones are. Jesus is, is you know, we, we can't do these things on our own. We just can't. And uh, But we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we just come to you with such gratitude in our hearts as we've come out of this Easter weekend. And God, you're just so wonderful. You're so magnificent. You're you're so awesome. And, and we just are so thankful for your love and for your grace and your forgiveness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So, you know, in Luke chapter 24, verse 6, uh, the angel tells the ladies, he is not here. He has risen. Hallelujah. Amen. And so we're going to talk about that again. Uh, you know, it's just such a significant time. It's it's the greatest date in history. And, and we just can't, you know, we just got to keep preaching the good news of the gospel. Amen. And I'm just so excited to be here and, and, and to have the honor to, to speak to you about it. You know, in Titus chapter 3, verse 7, Paul wrote to Titus. Titus was a, a Gentile uh, who Paul left on the island of Crete and was, was giving him some advice. And talking about salvation also, and three seven it says, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. You know, isn't that incredible? You know, Paul writes, he's so metaphorical, and he's so wonderful in his writing, and he wrote how Adam was the first man, and of course Adam led us to death, uh, death in the natural, but he compared Jesus to the second man, and by and spiritually... By his resurrection, he gave us eternal life. Jesus said, you know, I go, I told his disciples, I go ahead of you to prepare rooms for you in my father's house. My father's house has many rooms. And it's just so incredible what Jesus did, did for us. So, you know, yesterday at church, New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, we talked about what res- resurrection means for us eternally. But also something I want to talk to you about today, what resurrection means for us in this life. Because as many of you know, 
I'm uh, in recovery. And my story is that, that for much of my life, I did not live for Christ. I lived for money and for prestige and for uh, pleasures of, of the flesh. And I was very selfish. And, you know, God is, is so wonderful. He is so magnificent that he backed me into some corners and he humbled me. And then I reached out, you know, he had, I just didn't, I didn't grow up in a home where, where we went to church much and there just wasn't much spirituality, but I always believed in God and I always, you know, I'd pray to him, you know, those nine one one prayers that when we really get in a bad way, but, you know, finally I, um, I was going to go to rehab and I was calling around and, uh, a lady whose job it was to get me into this facility, um, there's only one explanation and it's God. And she gave me, she said, well, let me, she listened to a little bit of my story and she said, well, let me give you another number. And she gave me the number to a gentleman and I called him up and he said he had been in eight rehabs and, and that, that struck a bell with me because my mother also was an alcoholic and, and we never got her sober and she went through eight rehabs. And he said, I never got sober until I went to a faith-based rehab. And right there, I knew on the spot, in my heart, I could feel Jesus Christ touching my heart. I could feel the Holy Spirit within me. And even though, you know, Easter and Christmas was a big year for me in church, I knew right then, this is a decade ago, I knew right then what I needed and what I was missing in my life, what I'd been chasing all that time and never getting fulfillment. And it was Jesus Christ. And that was, uh, you know, I get chill bumps just thinking about that day. And so I believe that through this resurrection, you know, Jesus came, said that in John 10, 10, he said, the thief comes to kill and to steal and to destroy. But I have come so that they may have life and they may have it abundantly. So I, I, the resurrection, of course, the most important thing is, is the promise of eternal life and spending eternity with, with, uh, with God. But it's also Jesus came to give us, to show us how he lived and to give us a resurrection while we're here on earth, the way he lived his life, the way he helped people, that beautiful, beautiful, if, you, if, you, if you're lost and, and you're not real sure what Christian theology is, read again the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus just laid it all out so beautifully, the greatest speech ever given, the greatest sermon ever given. It's just so beautiful about who's blessed and, and how we're supposed to treat each other and, and, you know, love your God with all your heart, mind, and soul and love your neighbor as yourself. Do unto others as, as you would have them do unto you. Don't judge. Be merciful. Build your house on a rock. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And it is such a wonderful exposition. It is so beautiful. Go back and read that. In Matthew chapter 5 through 7, it is a beautiful, beautiful sermon. And he lays out everything that we need to do. You know, one of the things that, that strikes me all the time is is that in the difference in my life now versus then, and I hope you don't mind me being too transparent with you, but one of the differences in my life now versus then is is that I understand that when Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commands, that he didn't say that because he's like a traffic cop sitting behind a, a billboard waiting to catch us in our sins and our iniquities because we all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. It's because he knew that's what would make us happy. 
And it's because we're supposed to, as he says in the Sermon on the Mount, be perfect like your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, that's, you know, pretty much impossible for us, but that's what we're, that's what we aspire to. That's our goal. And when we do that, when we help other people, like Jesus said in that Sermon on the Mount, and when he showed us how to live, you know, that's when we gain true happiness. You know, that's, that's why I'm so involved in the recovery community. You know, I've got a show on here Wednesdays at 530 called Recovery Radio Houston. Because and recovery is not just about drugs and alcohol. We all go through seasons. We're all recovering from something. I don't know what it is in your life. You know, we talk about Jesus. We're going to get into this in a second, rolling away the stones. We all have stones. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's disappointment. You know, we got passed over for that promotion at work. Maybe it's depression. We've gone through some terrible things. So many people have in the pandemic we've gone through. Maybe it's anxiety. You know, maybe maybe it's uh, you you uh, road rage. I I don't know what your stone is that you have in your life. What what difficulties you have? But we all go. Through, we're all recovering from something. This Bible that I'm holding in my hand. You can't see me, but I'm holding it in my hand right now. This living, breathing, beautiful, wonderful Bible with all the gospels and all the wonderful things in it. It's a book about recovery. And so that's what our church is. I have, you know, had a resurrection in my life. Christ has changed me forever. And I am so grateful for it. So this Easter, this resurrection, it's not just about eternal life. It's about a living resurrection. And that's what we're trying to do in our churches. And I, I yesterday, you can't see me again, but I lifted my right hand into the air and I, I said, you know, when that moment came and I finally knew what was missing and, and wanted to come home, I finally grabbed onto Jesus' hand, which had been there all along. And I had my left hand down and, and I said, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And that's what our church is about. And I said, we're going to take those hands because we can't do it. And I moved my left hand up to my right. I said, one at a time, take him to Jesus because he's a chain breaker he's a way maker he's the one that can change your life he wants a living resurrection in your life and maybe you're already living for him but you want more and that's by fulfilling the great commission making disciples of all nations so we need you if you're a mature christian we need you we came into the middle of the city because that's where the lost are people say that's not a good place to start a church start a church out in the suburbs where there are more people that are friendly no that's not where god has called us He's called us into the middle of the city. We're in downtown Heights, 240 West 18th Street. We would love it if you would come worship with us. We started our church at 6 p.m. so that people could come that, you know, maybe um, miss church that day or maybe just want to spend. There used to be more night services, want to spend more time in the house of the Lord. Or maybe, you know, we just want to come check us out. So we'd love to you know we're not going to judge we're going to welcome you with open arms we'd love you we're there every sunday at 6 p.m if you want to check out who we are you can go to facebook new covenant church greater heights it's new covenant church greater heights on our facebook page you can see our service last night you can see services for the last year even when we were shut out of our building we were faithful we had a full church service every sunday at 6 p.m You can also go to our website, which is nccgreaterheights.org. And you know what? If you need prayer or if you need some advice or you need, 
you know, to talk to somebody, you can email me at Pastor John, that's J-O-N, Pastor John at nccgreaterheights.org. I'd love to hear from you. That's Pastor John at nccgreaterheights.org. Okay, Luke 24 said, he is not here. He has risen. Hallelujah. And so, you know, that Easter morning, that first Easter morning, you know, it was a spring day. And as we know, with spring, we have new life. Hope springs eternal. But that day, there wasn't a lot of hope. The disciples were crushed. They'd watched their mentor, their teacher, the Messiah, the one they'd seen do miracles. They'd seen him tortured, whipped, beaten, and hung on that cross. And they heard his last words, it is finished, or at least John did. The rest of them, they heard about it because they were all scattering to the hills. Peter had denied him three times. Um, and they were afraid. They were afraid that the Romans would, would kill them or the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, would hunt them down. They were looking for people that was associated with the Nazarene. So they were huddled together scared like so many of us have been in this pandemic huddled together without hope so a small band of women were making their way to the tomb but hope was in short supply their spirits had been crushed by the same nails that had pierced the hands and feet of jesus they were discouraged defeated disheartened all they wanted to do was go see jesus one more time prepare his body as the rituals of the day with oil and spices and perfumes prepare him for a proper burial But as they walked toward that tomb, they realized something. They'd seen a huge stone placed. The Romans had placed a stone in front of the tomb. They asked each other, who will roll away that that stone? Because they couldn't do it. So as far as they were concerned, it was an insurmountable obstacle. And, you know, most of us know what that's like, don't we? We have insurmountable obstacles in our life, or what we think are insurmountable obstacles. Obstacles to joy, obstacles to happiness, obstacles in our obstacles in our marriages, in our families, in our jobs. But you know what? When that stone was supernaturally rolled away, it rolled away all the stones in our lives. It was the birthplace of hope. Hallelujah. Amen. The birthplace of hope. But still, as the disciples were huddled in their house, afraid to go out, the women came back. And as Matthew chapter 28, verse 5 tells us, they encountered an angel from the Lord who told them, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he promised. Go tell the disciples to meet him in Galilee. But just as they did deny Jesus, they were, the disciples were still uncertain. They were still afraid. Could this be true? Or was it just too good to be true? I'm sure they reprimanded each other for their lack of faith, just as we do, as we are so often lacking when we're, we're impatient and things aren't going right. And, and we wonder, you know, why isn't God answering our prayers? We, we sometimes have those doubts ourselves, those a lack of faith that everything's going to be all right. You know, Bible tells us that all things work for the good of those who believe. But sometimes we don't believe. We have we everybody has questions. It's it's natural. And these guys, they had watched Jesus perform miracles, walk on water, you know, uh, give the blind sight, even raise Lazarus to the death so, uh, from the death. And I'm sure they reminded each other about that. They reminded each other of what we read about in John chapter 11 when jesus said i am the resurrection and the life the one who believes in me will live even though they die 
and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Then he asked, do you believe this? They must have asked each other then, do you believe? Because in John chapter 11, verse 40, Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Hallelujah. So they had to have reminded each other of that. And so they got up the courage and they traveled to Galilee and they saw Jesus on the mountain and and he directed them to undertake the great commission. Go and preach, preach the gospel, the good news to all creation. Go and make disciples of all nations. And that's still our charge. That's our obligation. That's our duty today. But it's not a duty that's uncomfortable. It's not a duty that's that's not fun. Sometimes it is uncomfortable for some of us, but it's it's it is fulfilling when you witness to people. You know, sometimes we get discouraged because they don't always immediately fall down on their knees and begin to pray to the Lord. But you plant seeds. You plant seeds with people. And we're supposed to be as again back to the Sermon on the Mount, we're supposed to, they're supposed to see the light. We're supposed to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. They're supposed to see what Jesus Christ has done for us. And they're not going to know unless you show them, unless you tell them. It's our job to witness to people. And it's so fulfilling. <laughs> you know, when, when I see people, that's one of the things that's so wonderful about the work in the recovery, the recovery field, because I see people that are transformed by his power, not by mine, not by what I do, but by him. I'm just trying to be obedient and introduce them to somebody. You know, we, there's this pandemic that we've been facing, but there's been an addiction pandemic forever, and there's a vaccine, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen? So the devil had made a mistake. His plans had failed. What he you know, seduced Judas and, and the Pharisees and, and got them to do what they did, but Jesus had outsmarted them. He pronounced victory over sin and death. Hallelujah. You know, too many of us today, we feel like our world's collapsing. God has been taken out of the schools and increasingly out of government. Some of us feel like government's failed us with this pandemic and and our institutions are failing us and and we we don't know where to turn, you know, or can't keep electric power. I mean, there's so many problems in the world today. You know, many of us feel that wrong has become right and right has become wrong. Things are backwards. Yet I see great hope on the horizon, just as it did 2,000 years ago, God's hope and and love will triumph once again. The hunger for goodness is still in our hearts. There's a tendency in our churches to back off and not preach the true gospel, the full gospel. Yet we have to remember the God that we serve and preach the gospel, the good news, the good news of grace and forgiveness and obedience to his word. Because that's what makes people happy. It's not when they chase the sins of pleasure. It's not when they double-cross each other and cheat and lie and steal. It's when they act godly. That's when we have true fulfillment. That's when we get the peace that surpasses all understanding. The gospel is real, and we can't be afraid of it. We can't be afraid to preach it. We have to remember who God is. Philippians Chapter 2, verse 8, and being found in appearance as a man, Jesus humbled himself as a man. You know, I bet he hit himself on the ha- in the thumb with his hammer. He felt in our suffering. He felt pain. He felt hunger as a man. He was fully divine at the same time. That's just, incre- just so awesome. But he humbled himself 
by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross, the worst death possibly imaginable. Romans 6, 9, we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him, nor does it over us. Romans 10, 9, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Hallelujah. 1 Peter 1, 3, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I I am so grateful to my God that I am born again. And that's why I'm on this radio show. And that's why I started, you know, I'm 60 years old. Well, I'm 61 now, but when I started the church, I was 60. Who starts a church at 60? (laughs) You know, but God called me to it. He's been so good to me. I've had that living resurrection and I want to shout from the mountaintops. That's why I pay to be on the radio right now. You know, we have Recovery Radio Houston, the second the second episode. We prayed somebody accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That made it all worth it. I just want people to know that are dead and they're dying and they're miserable out there. You don't have to live the way you're living. And, you know, you're listening to this station, so this may not apply to you, but you have relatives and friends who don't know Christ, and the time is short. And they need to understand how good the gospel is, how good our God is. In Revelation chapter 1, Jesus said, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died. But look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys to death and to Hades. So on this Monday after Resurrection Sunday, we have to remember and celebrate all the reasons that Jesus came to reveal the Father, to redeem us, save us from our sin, to die on the cross as a sacrifice for our sins, to introduce us to the power of the Holy Spirit, to teach us how and when to pray, to show us how to live, being generous, selfless, and forgiving, to share in our suffering so he understands what we go through, came to give us hope. He came to give us the assurance of life after death. And he came to establish his church. Do you know that each and every one of you that can hear my voice has a ministry, has a purpose in their life? People ask me sometimes, Pastor John, I don't know what my purpose is. Just start helping other people and you'll figure it out. Your purpose is to lead people to him. God is so good. In Romans 8.10, Paul wrote, And if Christ is in you, The body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. He will give life to your mortal bodies whose spirit dwells in you. It is a living resurrection when you accept Jesus Christ in in your life, when you fully accept him. We can't roll the stones away, just like those ladies couldn't, but he can. He can roll away the stones of despair, of discouragement, of defeat, of dread, of doubt. He even rolled away the stone of death. You know, so I want to invite you to a couple places. I want to invite you to our ministry. It's called Break Every Chain. We've been meeting every Friday night for the last six years at our parent church, New Covenant Church in Humble. 901 Wilson Road. We're there. It's a recovery ministry. 
but everybody's recovering from something. We've got people there that are there because they can't stop watching pornography. We've got people there that are couples that are that are going through issues, as all couples do, in their relationship. We've got people there, of course, that are there for drugs and alcohol or gambling or pornography or sex addiction, whatever. No one's going to judge you. 901 Wilson Road in Humble, Texas. The only thing we're going to think about you if you walk through that door is that you believe in the power of Jesus Christ to change your life. So we're there for you every Friday at 7 p.m. Every Friday at 7 p.m., 901 Wilson Road. I'd like to invite you. And I'd like to invite you to our church services at 6 p.m. on Sunday nights. New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. We meet at 240 West 18th Street, right in the heart of the Heights. And we've got a heart to reach out to people. Reach out to a dying and lost world. Jesus came, not for the righteous, but for sinners like us. He came to give us a better life, an abundant life, and to promise us eternal life. We just believe in him. Revelation 21.4, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Jeremiah 29:11 For I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope Next week next Sunday and on this radio program I'm going to be preaching about with all the things I've done can Jesus still love me because people ask me that all the time And yes Jesus Christ loves you We love you at New Covenant Church Greater Heights and more importantly God loves you more than you can possibly imagine Good night and amen.